Teddy Roosevelt coming at you. Teddy Roosevelt show. Wednesday, July 6th. Doing a little lunchtime. Teddy, 10 minutes ago, I just got an email from my good friends at Twitter. Hi, Teddy Roosevelt. Your account at underscore Teddy Roosevelt has been locked for violating the Twitter rules. That would be my sixth suspension. One, two, three, four, five, six for violating the rules, specifically for violating the policy on spreading misleading and potentially harmful misinformation related to COVID-19. Um, and then the most patronizing paragraph after this. And the reason why I started teddybroosevelt.substack.com and am launching a podcast and have a couple other websites that are in the pipeline for July is because of this. The censorship in social media is absolutely ridiculous. The ironic thing is Alex Berenson just got reinstated to Twitter today. Not that I'm on the same level as Alex Berenson, but Twitter got taken to court for banning Alex Berenson and they just and he had to take him to court. He settled out of court, probably got a six or hopefully seven figure settlement, but they put his account back. So I'm just wondering, I just appealed it. They're like, the worst thing is they're like, all right, to get the, the start the process of having your account reinstated, delete this tweet. What was the tweet? The tweet, I had a one minute clip of Dr. Peter McCullough from the Joe Rogan show, along with a tweet that said, with text that said, there was an organized effort by Big Pharma and their obedient PR media puppets to suppress any early treatment options for COVID. The World Health Organization calls ivermectin a wonder drug, and it's been used by billions of people. The media told us it's a veterinary medicine for horses. Everything in that is true, and I was basically transcribing and providing a synopsis for the one-minute video where Dr. Peter McCullough told Rogan in December... And this video went super viral. Tens of millions of people watched this. And Dr. Peter McCullough, Texas-based doctor, the number one most published um, cardiologist in his field, something with it having to do with heart. What is his motivation to say this, that he looked over all the information and he has decided in the timeline that there is a concerted, concentrated effort by the big pharma cabal and their PR puppet lackeys and the media to push fear, to push isolation, to um, make it sound like there's no way you could treat this uh, normally with vitamins, with a Z-pack, with ivermectin, with hydroxychloroquine. Why do they all do that? Um, to, to push through the emergency use authorization, the U EUA of these vaccines, there's no way you could get the EUA for these vaccines if there is an existing early treatment or any kind of treatment. So they had to bash it. The, Twitter's running cover and interference. I hate these bastards. Twitter's running cover and interference for Big Pharma. And if you'll notice um, on Twitter, there sure are a lot of pharmaceutical ads. Have you ever noticed that? And a lot of big pharma, they've been the kingpins of digital or of, of uh, traditional media, television um, ads, and they're still doing a lot of TV ads. 
but they're doing a lot of DTC, direct-to-consumer ads on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, social media. And uh, the fact that they're suspending me for the sixth time and, and they're saying, you have to delete this in order to start the process. No, I'm going to appeal it. The last three times I appealed it, they reinstated my account within 24 to 48 hours. So hopefully I'll be back. But really, it just underscores how you can't trust them. They're going to kick you off. Look what I mean, look what they just did to Alex Berenson for telling the truth. And you have to ask, what is my motivation? What is Dr. Peter McCullough's motivation? Do we want to, what, what, do, do we have a sinister agenda here? Do we want to get people more sick? Do we want people to die? Do we want more people to die? Do we want people to be less healthy? Or maybe, just maybe, people like Dr. Peter McCullough and yours truly, Teddy Roosevelt, are trying to get to the truth and get to the facts and tell people to follow the money with all this shit because the reason why you'll never see a negative ad about Big Pharma or never or never see a negative report like on 60 Minutes, Dateline NBC, you'll never see anything bad about Big Pharma. You'll never see anything bad about caffeine. Why? Because they get a ton of money from Coke, Pepsi, um, and the Big Pharma companies. Just follow the money. They're not going to criticize their advertisers. I was in media for a while, media sales. You never write anything negative about the people, about your biggest advertisers, unless you don't want to make money or you have your publication closed. So from a business perspective, I get it. From an ethical, moral, and news perspective, they're, they're failing us. They're traitors. And the fact that Twitter has the audacity to, to, to cancel me over a video that Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough, literally the most published guy in his field, just pisses me off. So anyways, we've got, that's that's obviously just, just happened. Wednesday, July 6th, special lunchtime edition of Teddy Roosevelt Show. We're going to make, I just talked with my money, uh, my buddy, my money buddy, he does make a lot of money, um, petroleum engineer in Oklahoma, and I told him that this month of the Teddy Roosevelt Show, we are going to focus, not exclusively, but we're going to do a lot of content on climate change or lack thereof, and we're going to do a lot of um, in-depth research and wake everybody up about it's time for us to stop bashing fossil fuels, start embracing fossil fuels, and just look at the futility and foolishness um, and the pain and the pain and suffering that we're going to cause from trying to accelerate our carbon-based economies into a Green New Deal world where you're going to have unreliable um, energy resources that are just going to be way more expensive um, and just and just way less reliable. Did you see the EU today classified natural gas? Greenpeace is freaking out, and all the climate people are freaking out. They just classified natural gas as a sustainable resource. They don't have a choice. I mean, they're all trying to virtue signal, top themselves in the EU and Germany. I mentioned it a couple times here. I mean, they are. 
looking at a dismal outlook for industry and for their humans starting in October, November when it starts getting cold out. Um, right now, the Nord Stream pipeline, I think they closed it for 10 days to two weeks. Um, it's normal thing for the summer. They do maintenance every summer and who knows, they might do a different blend. I knew we, I know we do a different blend here, here, but they shut down the pipeline for, uh, you know, two weeks. A lot of, a lot of people are wondering if Putin's going to turn it back on. If Putin wants to accelerate getting what he wants, he's not going to turn it back on because the people will riot. They will revolt. I mean, right now, Ireland, uh, Electric Ireland, 33%. Everyone's electric bill just got raised. Here in Texas, San Antonio, number one story on mysa.com. Everyone's getting the biggest electric bills of their lives. Texas Tribune just did a story. Oh yeah, you can expect 50 to 60 to 70% bigger electric bills because the price of wholesale electricity is going up. Why? Because Joe Biden and the Biden administration has made it perfectly clear that they hate fossil fuels. They want to end fossil fuels. They're throwing out dates. 2030, 2035, as far as we want to be carbon neutral, we want to have our carbon uh, emissions down to zero at this time. They are accelerating this, and we, the the people of the Western Hemisphere, our brothers and sisters across the pond, and us, um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pay for it. People are gonna have to choose between heating and eating this winter. There's going to be people who starve or freeze to death or or pretty damn close due to the fact that the gas costs this much, the price to heat your home costs this much, the price of food costs this much. I saw in England, they're now putting security tags on blocks of cheese, like a $4 block of cheese or a $6 uh, pork chop. Because people are stealing food to survive. If that doesn't give you a little peek, and England's um, the only other country, United States is number one. You look, Biden's like, inflation's happening everywhere. It's not happening everywhere. Japan's only 2%, which is what we normally are. No, United States is number one. England's number two, um, followed by other countries. So July, we are really going to focus on just exposing these bastards because the climate change folks keep saying, oh, there's going to be so much pain and suffering if we don't take action now. Like we have two years or three years to do this. The sense of urgency and there's a deadline. There is no way there is a deadline for anything going on climate-wise. Keep in mind, if a volcano blows up and volcanoes have blown up, Go, go to Wikipedia. Volcanoes blow up big time. If you want to see the climate change, go read what happened with like the volcano in Pompeii or Krakatoa blew up. You're talking about an ash cloud that circles the earth three times, blocks out the sun. It turned earth into, I mean, earth at one time was called snowball earth. There's a... Uh, half mile of ice surrounding the whole world even at the equator there is a half mile of ice imagine ice 
at the equator. You can't do it, right? Because the amount of time the Earth has existed, North America, just look, Colorado was under an ocean. Have you ever heard of Great Sand Dunes National Park? One of the most underrated, cool, I shouldn't even mention it because it's amazing. It's in the uh, southeast corner of Colorado, Great Sand Dunes National Park, biggest sand dunes in North America, right by the Rocky Mountains. Yes, the biggest sand dunes in North America are in the middle of the country and you can find fossils in there. Why? Because that whole part of the country was underwater. So the earth is 6 billion years old, give or take a couple hundred million. And these people are saying, hey, we're going to take a data set from the last, how long have weather keeping instruments been uh, in existence? Modern, like 100, and, 100 years, 150 years, let's just say 150 years um, to measure, measure the temperature. So we only have 150 years and then record keeping, like people writing it down here in the United States, maybe 125 years. Um, we're taking, we're making grand pronouncements and I know they can say, hey, we can look at trees and the rings around trees and we can look at rocks and we can tell it's got hotter or cooler 500 years ago. You can only go so far back and say, oh, we're positive that it was cooler or hotter 3000 years ago. You don't know. You don't know. It's all guesswork. So... We're in a world of hurt right now. Well, let, let me finish this statement. Imagine if someone came to you and they said, hey, I've got a data set of 6.8 billion data points, but we're just gonna use the most recent 150 data points in order to extrapolate our claim. Even if you were looking at um, a million, million year increments or you know thousand year increments, million year increments, um, hey, we've got 6,800 data points. We're only going to use the most recent, you know, 0 0.001. You just be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. How, how are you going to make any grand pronouncements, pronouncements about the climate or the state of the earth if you don't even know, you don't even have records of the previous 6.799 billion years you can't so there's multiple books i'm reading fossil future by alex epstein um michael schellenberger what's the name of the book that i'm reading from him um let me bring it up real quick he he just wrote san francisco he just um ran for governor but he's got apocalypse never i think it's called um or something about climate alarmism Anyways, there's a couple things that are happening. These kids are getting brainwashed into thinking they are gonna la their lives are gonna be longer than Earth's. Imagine that. Imagine how just the level of dread and foreboding and nihilism that you would have if you thought during your lifetime the sea level is gonna rise, there's gonna be catastrophic floods. Um, the, 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 the earth's going to warm up. Um, it's going to be too hot to survive that. I mean, the nihilistic, uh, 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 fatalism, you just have to wonder how many of these kids, uh, the depression, I mean, we already put them through two years of COVID. 
Um, but the climate thing is a much more existential cloud hanging over like an entire generation where if you're told something when you're a kid by teachers, I mean, some kids respect their teachers more than their parents. Um, the parent, parents will discipline you. Parents will ground you. The teacher might be super nice and kind and, and friendly. So you might trust the teacher more. Um, the whole point is these kids seriously think the earth's gonna earth's gonna melt, and it's called it's it's doing a disservice to them. It's 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 mentally messing with their heads. There's no way the earth is gonna melt before any of us, while any of us are 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 alive. That's for sure. Um, the uh, Michael Schellenberger book, by the way, is Apocalypse Never. I was right. Why environmentalism hurts us all. And the main thing these people start talking about, uh, the, the climate folks, there's going to be all this pain and suffering and misery if we don't take action for the climate, with the climate in the next three years. No, there's going to be a lot of pain, suffering, and misery this winter when people have to choose between heating and eating. And you're getting to the point right now, like I said, Ireland, they just got their electric bills jacked up by 30%. Germany, it's being jacked up. We're going to have people who literally... They only have enough money to survive or they're skipping meals. There's not going to be any concerts or sporting events in, in the average person's budget, no travel, no vacation. And you think that's exactly how they wanted it. There's a lot of people during COVID, um, environmental people that were secretly happy that all these cars were off the road. And there was some cool stuff that happened like in India where they have really bad emissions, all of a sudden, uh, areas that were smog-covered, you could see um, clearly. And obviously, it would be preferable if we could run everything on electric and solar and wind. It would be awesome. But people are ignoring that our entire modern society is carbon-based. Petroleum is in everything. Pharmaceutical drugs? Do, does the average person know that oil is the building block or the starting point for a lot of pharmaceutical drugs. Um, plastic, um, pretty much everything that you wear, everything that you drive, um, everything that you do, your computer, um, class, like oil is in everything. And certainly oil is the way that the products get to your house, the last mile to your house, whether it's a Amazon truck or you picking it up at the store. So we need to embrace fossil fuels and realize how lucky we are that there's still a ton left. I mean, Germany has enough shale oil to power their economy for a hundred, to supply energy for a hundred years, maybe 200 years. Germany banned fracking. France banned fracking. So what are we supposed to do? You're not going to, you're going to ban fracking. You have unreliable wind power and what we're all supposed to suffer, even though this technology and this energy exists, us here, I mean, everyone just suffered through two years of ridiculous COVID where if you speak out about it, about any aspect of it, the lockdowns, the fact they're ignoring ivermectin, they'll censor you, ban you. You have to take them to court or appeal it in order to get reinstated on some of these platforms. And everyone just suffered through that for two years. Now what, we're supposed to suffer 
financially for the rest of our lives? I mean, the number one reason people don't get an electric car is because they're worried they're going to get stranded with no electric. And that's a damn good reason. I mean, Joe Biden, Pete Buttigieg told all the states, you have to October 1st to submit your plan to have uh, electric vehicle charging stations for cars every 50 miles on every state highway in your state. Wyoming, state of Wyoming is like, there's a county where we'd have to put it. No one owns an electric car. No one owns an electric car in the surrounding counties. And there's only like 3,000 people in the whole county. There's no traffic up there. There's hardly, you know, where we would have to put it, the grid currently doesn't go. So we'd have to build a special um, uh, electrical wiring and transformers, you name it, to get the electric out there. They're actually asking the Biden administration, hey, can we just have a uh, have this be mobile? So if you run out of electric power in the middle of a highway in the northeast corner of Wyoming, you could just call a phone number and, and, and we come out to get you. That's the crazy thing is there's a lot of these places, people don't realize there are still huge swaths of America with no cell phone service. I was living in Arkansas last summer. There was no cell phone service. When I was doing a podcast, I had to drive 15 miles there or 15 minutes to get to the other side of the mountain where I could get reception um, and 15 minutes back. There's a lot of places like that in Oregon where people would drive from the mountains to the one curve. You know, you come around the curve and you can finally get reception and there'd just be six or eight cars there at all times with people making phone calls. Well, I got to go up the hill to make calls. So... Um, the, uh, the oil, uh, or the electric vehicle charging thing is basically, it's, 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 it's a folly. I mean, only rich yuppies own these electric vehicles. So a, they're, they're supposed to be all concerned about the downtrodden and the people who don't have much building these electric vehicle stations isn't going to help anybody that they purport to defend and, you know what? They just there was just an article about uh, a guy in Boston loves to take road trips in his Hyundai, and he carefully, meticulously plans out where the electric vehicle charging stations are. He's like every time he he did a, a study, twenty nine percent of these electric uh, stations don't work. He could get there, and some of them have solar powered. Uh, cell phone um, and and credit card processors. So if the sun's not out, that doesn't work. Or you said, you know, frequently they won't take my card or just the screen's not functioning or it doesn't produce enough electricity or the, you know, it says it's a supercharger and instead of uh, pumping out 350 watts, whatever, megawatts per millimeter or whatever the hell the, uh, <laughs> the unit of, of measure is, and I'll have this down. I'm just educating myself too. Um, it's only a third of that. So instead of charging your car in 30, 40 minutes, you might there be there for literally eight hours. So these electric vehicles, there's no way you want to take a road trip. If you wanted to drive to, from Austin to El Paso, and there's only two or three stations on the way, and one of them's not functioning, you're stranded. And then what if there's no cell phone service? Like, you're stranded, stranded. 
Like, you don't have any way to get the hell out of there. And that's a terrifying thought for somebody. So, yeah, imagine trying to take a road trip to Glacier National Park right now in Montana. Just driving. You'd have to map it all out from Austin, Texas to to Montana. Map it all out. Make sure that you were... I mean, because if there's only one station, let's say in Nebraska um, or Kansas, on your route on the state highway, and that one's out, you might have to go backwards or you're just stranded. You can't have a situation where there's only one station in 300 miles and the station, and you get there and the station doesn't work. The other thing is the line. I just saw a video of Tesla cars in a line in, in uh, California over 4th of July weekend. I imagine you're coming back from Yosemite National Park. You took an electric car to Yosemite National Park. You can't go there and back from San Francisco to Yosemite on one charge. So you got to stop and charge that bad boy. I guarantee there's not a ton of... That's San Francisco. There's probably some. But you're going to have to charge that bad boy. You're going to have to go to the Nevada side or find somewhere. Whole point is you could have the place and then you pull up and there's 20 Teslas in line. And this was a supercharging station. So they had... 15 charging stations that you could charge your car super quick. I think it's 30 minutes to go from like 10% to 80%. There's a lot of 30 or 40 cars and all the spots are full. So the Green New Deal stuff sounds great. And who wouldn't want, I've said it before, who wouldn't want to install solar panels on their car or have an electric vehicle or have wind power, hydropower, and have this clean, sustainable power that was che- it's, it would be way cheaper if you're generating your own power. Who wouldn't want that? You're acting like, you know, Republicans or regular Americans aren't interested in saving money or keeping the environment clean. Everyone is. Who wants to live in a dirty environment? Who wants to breathe dirty air? Who wants to drink dirty water? Who wants to pay... Uh, 30% more for electric. Who wants to get caught when the wind turbine, when the wind dies? Um, That's the whole thing, is the technology is not there. The technology is not there yet. We're talking like three, four, five decades away to where you can charge a a vehicle and it's, it's affordable for people where you can charge it and go 500 miles, 300 miles at least. And there's a, a, a network of stations, so the last thing you're worried about is, oh my God, am I going to run out of electric? That's the number one worry that you have. You know, people, am I going to run out of power and where am I going to charge it? So we're really um, going to focus July 2022 on fossil fuels, why we need to embrace it, and now is the perfect time. Hat tip to Alex Epstein. Um, who wrote Fossil Future, now is the perfect time for us to educate people about how silly this is because we are going to just cause a tremendous amount of pain and suffering this winter. Look at Germany, folks. Look at France. Germany had to fire up their coal plants again. France just fired up a coal plant. France was going to transition to all nuclear. 50% of their nuclear plants right now are down for maintenance or repairs. 
So they had to fire up the, the, the coal. So that's the thing. I would love, everyone loves the concept of wind and sun powering our economy. But there's never been anything remotely close to oil as far as the amount of energy it contains. And my buddy is a petroleum engineer in Oklahoma. I got a confirmation. He's definitely going to be on the show as a guest, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week. But he's a genius. He was just talking about, you know, the incredible amount of investment. Like when you're talking about ocean, you know, when you see these uh, people drilling off the ocean, just imagine the billions of dollars with a B to drill for oil in the ocean. I mean, it's an incredible amount of money. So for Joe Biden to blame the gas station owners, for him to blame the oil refiners, when they simply don't have the capital, there's nothing that's more um, you know, capital intensive than starting um, you know, a fossil fuel drilling site. He said he said the only thing remotely close is mining, which they're basically doing, they're mining for oil, but maybe if you're mining for lithium in Africa or something, that's a little bit more because you're building the the mines and the um, excavating all the the stones, so or, or soot, rocks, grass, you name it. Teddy's Teddy's going off here on a tangent. What do we got? Wednesday, July 6, 2020, 22. I know this uh, podcast has been all over the place. I'm just still apoplectic and irate that Twitter decided to suspend me for the sixth time since July uh, 2021 over the truth. And again, I ask you folks, what is my motivation for doing this? And what is Big Pharma and Twitter's motivation for censoring me? Do you think what I'm not making any money? I'm not gaining any prestige. I've lost friends um, from talking the truth about the vaccine. And it, it, it's not been a fun slog. It's really a slog where you question your sanity and just wonder, is everyone this stupid? Is everyone this much of a sheep? Is everyone this much of a coward? And we have an epidemic of cowardice where there's a lot of doctors and nurses who've seen crazy stuff. I mean, I saw on Twitter a guy, and it's Twitter, you don't know, that the guy's family... Um, they're in wood construction and they built caskets. He's been doing it for 30 years. He goes, yeah, we just got our, uh, for the first time ever in 30 years, we got two bulk orders of caskets under five foot for kids. What? What? Two, two bulk orders for short caskets. seems like a red flag right there. If you go to Substack, a lot of the uh, people that I follow, and you can go to teddybroosevelt.substack.com. I think it said rec- says recommended reads. Look at Igor Chudov's last like four or five posts on the birth rate in Taiwan. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about the all-cause mortality rate, non-COVID. Um, the you know insurance companies. There was a guy in Indiana. There's a guy in Germany. The guy in Indiana got fired for saying it. But are like, we've never seen anything like this with the all-cause all mortality and the life insurance claims. 
Germany, the guy, they, they said the same thing. Well, Igor Chudov is saying the birth rate. And there's a lot of other factors. You know, maybe people, they were isolated, so they weren't having sex as much. That's surely a factor. But Taiwan was basically zero COVID. They only just had their first round of COVID April 2022. I want to say, and they're on an island. They just had their first round of COVID. He said the... Drop of birth rates is a 26 sigma event. And I mean, if you look at the Wolfram Alpha uh, that shows you the probability, I mean, like a nine or 10 sigma event is like 0. 0.000, like 20 zeros. So a 26 sigma event, he's literally like an asteroid hitting. It's like a once in a, it's, it's like you can't even comprehend what a 20 uh, what a drop this this drop of birth rate it's 23% the drop rate in taiwan and he pointed it out in a lot of other countries and he did some controls for the hey people are isolating or he looked at places that really didn't have covid so were people having more or less sex during the lockdowns i would say probably less you know the bars are going out i mean almost certainly let yes but there is a lot of people at home and one thing, you know, they talk about on the East Coast when there's a huge snowstorm and everyone gets snowed in, nine months later, there's it's busy at the maternity ward in the hospital because people are stuck at home and they have time. Get some hanky-panky going on. So um, there's some really concerning, scary things. And what's more concerning of all is the censorship. The fact that you can't even ask questions. It's like Bill Maher said, like, if there was only 3% of people who identified as LGBTQ 20 years ago, and now Gen Z says it's 30%, it's okay to ask, what's going on here? What's up with that? If it was in the frog, you know, in the frog community of any species, all of a sudden a third of their mammals identified as gay? I think it's okay to ask questions if we've been alive for thousands of years, homo sapiens, and nothing like this is, has ever happened with people saying, I think I was born in the wrong body. So the censorship from Twitter, you know, everything I've written about COVID is 100% backed up by facts. I've just been on a mission for the truth. I am not a scientist, but I have read a ton of research by brilliant scientists. And I know the people that I've been following, their heart, they, they, they don't have a hidden agenda. There's not a ton of money um, waiting for them if they push through um, their agenda. No, it's all about the Hippocratic Oath. Do no harm. You know, try and get people healthy. And it is just the fact that they just let Alex Berenson and Alex Berenson had to take them to court and sue them for money, got a settlement and got back. I mean, at this point, if you're a lawyer, please DM me at underscore Teddy Roosevelt on Twitter. I can't think of a good reason why I shouldn't sue him or maybe be my own lawyer because that's the big, the big thing is legal fees and lawyer fees. Um, but if there's any lawyer who wants to do this pro bono, please DM me because they're censoring me for the truth. And all I did on this tweet was transcribe what Dr. Peter McCullough, the most number one published, uh, number one doctor published in his field, 
cardiology, what he told Rogan, which is a question everyone should be asking. You know, Peter McCullough testified in front of the Texas Senate that he thinks 85% of the COVID deaths could have been prevented. 85% with early treatment. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, z vitamins, a couple other things. The fact that this exists, and he's like, it should have been early treatment prescribed as soon as you test positive, as soon as you start feeling the symptoms, and it's a five-day regimen. Why are Joe Rogan, Aaron Rodgers, Dana White saying they followed this regimen after testing positive and they feel great after a couple days? Why? Are they trying to take down the big pharma cartel? Or are they just trying to share information for the good of humanity? I mean, we're talking about people's health and mortality here. I mean, if, if what what is more serious than this? And the fact that the media is covering for Big Pharma and a lot of people on the left, like Big Pharma is this altruistic, benevolent, um, wonderful industry that's all about, you know, health and doing what's best for the health of humanity. No, just look at the opioid crisis. Look at the Sackler family. Look at Opana, the drug. They were manufacturing the powerful opioids because they knew what would happen. Like, just look at the history of opium in the world, the opium wars. Like, China calls it their century of shame. Like, there's been massive wars fought over opium. There's been societies that have crumbled, like China. They were basically in an opioid uh, haze, a stupor. Most of their society, opium dens. So it's the most addictive substance on the planet. And they realize if they get people hooked, I mean, these the Sacklers are straight up evil. And they were just laundering their money. Oh, hey, well, uh, you know, they donate their money to colleges and museums. Oh, the Sacklers, they're great people. No, these are evil people who designed and manufactured a drug that got millions of Americans hooked, killed hundreds of thousands, literally 100,000, 120,000. I think we had drug overdoses last year. Not all opium, opioids, but the majority of them. So for people to act like Big Pharma is some benevolent company when they have a history, um, look at Vioxx, a history of hiding the clinical uh, trial data. Just look what they did to get the kids vaccine approved. They're all about the bottom line. These are publicly traded companies whose number one goal when they get to work is not how can we make the world a healthier place or how can we, uh, you know, uh, cure disease. Granted, that's, that's the products they sell. But no, their number one objective is how do we create and increase shareholder wealth? That's it. So if you, isn't it ironic that they said you'd only have to take one shot, then they said two, then you needed a booster. Now Fauci says, hey, you might need a booster every year like a flu shot. Gee, because their business model, no company wants to sell a product one and done. You want to have, you want to sell a product. That's why cigarettes are, uh, they were a great business model. Alcohol, coffee, soda, things that people buy every single day or every month. 
Netflix, uh, anything subscription-based, where you know you can count on that revenue. People just don't stop. Um, a lot of addictive drugs, like there's, a, it's a million-dollar industry to try and get you off drugs, like nicotine and caffeine. Not not so much caffeine, but certainly nicotine. So, again, all fired up. TeddyBroosevelt.substack.com is the mothership. You can find us streaming on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Apple Podcast. I'm not on Twitter. Looks like I'm going to get my Getter account fired up. And the Getter account is just going to be Teddy Roosevelt with no underscore. But the one good thing about getting suspended, it just lights a bigger fire under my ass to, to just expose these traitors. These people are traitors to humanity. They're traitors to America. And the fact that they're still censoring people with all the stuff that's come out on COVID. I mean, folks, look at the numbers in Portugal. Look at the numbers in Haiti. I think it's 2% of Haiti, 1.4, took the vax. They don't have any COVID. Africa, they don't have any COVID. Portugal, 85% vaccinated, worst COVID in Europe. Why? And you look at the the the, the graphs on our, our world and data, and the graphs used to go, it starts with a G, but it's up and then down and it's seasonal and you can see. Now, if you look at like the deaths and the cases in Portugal, Iceland or whatever, it's not going back down. It just sort of goes in a jagged line and it never goes back to zero. It just stays there. So again, the EU said multiple booster shots might have negative vaccine efficacy you know that that should be the number one story. Hey, this this uh, these people in Europe say too many boosters are actually bad for Im- your immune system. Hey, look at data: the triple vaccinated are testing pos- more. Uh, they're testing positive more than the unvaccinated. The double vaccinated. Shouldn't we be asking questions? It, the sad thing is, why aren't more people asking questions? I think the people who got the vaccine. It's like a they, they just don't want to know. They don't want to know. There's nothing they can do. There's no antidote for the vaccine. They'd rather just not think about what they did to themselves. Um, and, and we know what Big Pharma and the media, I mean, the media has been telling everyone to get vaccinated, vaccinated, vaccinated for two years. So do you think they might feel a little bit guilty or try and cover their ass if all of a sudden it turns out that getting a booster wasn't the best idea? Getting your kids two shots of the vaccine wasn't great so there's a lot of people just trying to cover their ass from Fauci uh, to Big Pharma to the media on down a lot of federal uh, bureaucrats a lot of uh, local health you know local health whether it's state um, or city here at Austin Public Health they've been pushing the vaccine on us all the time uh, 20 since since it came out are they going to all of a sudden admit they were wrong and they shouldn't have been pushing the vaccine? So it's mass formation psychosis. A lot of people, they don't want to think about it because it's worse than Stephen King's scariest uh, plot structure to think that they were pushing a, a deadly drug on everybody or a drug that, that, that that's going to decrease your life expectancy and can cause health issues that are way, way worse than three days of COVID. 
So, the uh, one other interesting thing I'll leave you with is everyone who has, says they have long COVID, quote unquote long COVID, I haven't seen a single person who has long COVID that is unvaccinated. Everyone who has long COVID, it seems, double, and they mentioned, hey, I got double vaxxed this time, I got the booster here, and now I have long COVID. Gee, can anyone maybe draw a line between the vaccine and long COVID? Could the vaccine and the spike proteins, this experimental gene therapy shot, mRNA shot, could that be causing your extreme fatigue? Is your immune system able to fight off um, what would relatively be like a mild cold, cold bug that you'd probably be asymptomatic? Are you now super susceptible to getting sick? I mean, these are some terrifying questions for people who took the vaccine. These are questions everyone needs to know um, the answers to because someone's got to pay the price. There has to be some accountability or a day of reckoning for these people. Big Pharma, Fauci, the media, all the information is pointing towards the vaccines. Not well, certainly not working. They're leaky, leaky, they're unsterile. But the worst thing is these vaccines are creating the more dangerous mutants. These vaccines are creating the spinoffs, the BA.4, the BA.5. If we just wouldn't have taken the vaccine, everyone would have had natural immunity. There wouldn't have been all these viruses trying to survive. Because keep in mind, these viruses are just trying to survive. So they're going to continue to mutate. And if, 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 if half the people have the vaccine and they encounter it, they're going to continue to mutate so they can evade the vaccine. And that's what people are saying. Oh, it seems like the BA.4 and BA.5 viruses um, are doing a good job of evading the vaccine. Yes, that's what viruses do. And there is a number of prestigious, world-renowned doctors who got censored, shunned, silenced for saying the exact same thing. It's in the FDA slides. I'll post some of them on Substack today. But... Folks, please join me in the fight. Share the podcast with people. Spread the word. Hit me up with any comments. TeddyRoosevelt.substack.com. Calling it a podcast for today. Wednesday, July 6th. I will be back in action tomorrow, Thursday. Stay positive. Stay healthy. Do some push-ups. Eat right. And I'll be back. Teddy Roosevelt signing off.